This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the CasSource Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs. We cover many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. We feature the podcast shows such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Saviors of the Metaverse, and The Athletic Mindset. Learn more at CasSource.com slash podcast. And without further ado, let's get into the Buffalonian Podcast. The Buffalo Bills have squished the fish for the first time in this new year. And the Sabres have had a pretty lackluster week, to say the least. Along with the Would You Rather, Hot Takes, Trivia, and more, and even the Rundown, this is the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. We are back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and I'm joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. And fellas, the fish have been squished. It's a good a good day. Good they day. scrambled the mammals. Yep, scrambled the mammals. Uh, the salty dolphins are back in the salt water. You know what I mean? Christian Wilkins, all that stuff. I don't know. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But without further ado, we're back with the Buffalonian podcast, and it's it's, it's a good week. For the Bills, at least. Let's not talk about the Sabres just yet. We'll get there. But the Bills overcame the Miami Dolphins and Skylar Thompson in their first matchup of the 2023 playoffs. 2022 playoffs, technically. Whatever, like, season-wise. But, you know, it, we overcame them. It was 17 nothing to start off. Boom. We were looking great. Got real close there all the way down to the end. I mean, just general thoughts, fellas. I mean, what, what were you thinking sitting there watching that? I know, Dom, you were at the game. I wish I had the shirtless pick of you to pot up on the screen real fast, <laughs> but I do not. So, I mean, just general thoughts after watching the game. What were we thinking? What what, what went through well, the heads? Well, I definitely thought it was a jinx because I got off of work at the end of the first quarter, and I, as I was getting to my seat, the first play I saw from like the field view as I'm walking to my seat is the Xavier Howard interception when it was seventeen to three. Yeah, and then all of a sudden. It was 24-20. I was like, am I really going to sit here and I'm not going to see a single Bills touchdown? <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, it, it, that, that... it was. Def- Listen, I, I, I've been I can now check off, you know, the bucket list that I've been to Bills playoff game. Um, I'm I, I, you know, it's probably big talk for me to say I will never go back to one. But I have no idea how people go to Bills playoff games, especially all those people in the early 90s that used to go to the Super Bowls. like. Yeah, I have to admit, like, I'm definitely a pacer. So me sitting in the seat, just freezing, watching them start to unravel was um, <laughs> less than a enjoyable experience for my, for me. But at the end of the day, uh, happy they got the win. Uh, my voice hurts a little bit, but what can you do? As it should, as it should. Mike, what about you? No, I mean, I think uh, that first quarter, we really got, like, oh, it's going to be like a Patriots game that mm-hmm. – uh, Wild card game again, we're going to destroy a division opponent. But uh, I think the key thing there is that they are a division opponent. So you've already seen them twice that year. They were a hungry team. Um, they kind of had that chip on the shoulder where at one point they were first in the division and they were the two seed overall. And then they kind of went on a slide. And now they're trying to prove everyone wrong that, you know, even though we have a third string, we're still a legit playoff team. 
So, you know, you knew it was going to be a tough game. I think we all knew Christian Wilkins was going to get in Allen's face at some point because that's the type of player he is. Or somewhere else on his body. Or somewhere else, true. Yeah. But um, <laughs> no, I think, like, we knew it was going to be, like, a scrappy game, division team, and uh, I'm just glad that uh, we pulled it out at the end. I just don't uh, – my, my one uh, thing is that, you know, Ken Dorsey's getting all these um, – or there's all the rumors that he's going to interview for Carolina. When you're up by one score – in like the fourth quarter and you're still taking shots downfield. <laughs> I don't get that. Yeah. Like just, just run the ball, take the check down, move the ball. Don't, don't take shot. It's just my <laughs> opinion on the matter. As we can I mean, tell, Mike almost went into cardiac arrest about it, watching the game. You know what I, I mean? mean? So <laughs> it's probably the closest I've been to cardiac arrest during a game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only, the only time I could ever remember being that close is probably the, the ending of the Colts game. Oh, playoffs because yeah. like that was bad. I I could not breathe when they were about to hell Mary Tom. So I was like, they gave up a touchdown to Arizona. They gave up. Well, I mean, the Chargers won earlier in the later in the season. They kind of gave up a touchdown. Not that touchdown. I should say they got tackled like the two yard line, but it was like a fifty yard throw from Herbert. And then I mean, I, I'm just happy. You know, love Frank Wright, but happy that he let Philip Rivers throw the hell Mary attempt instead of Jacoby Brissett. But yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely one of those games where you look back at, and you know, as a, as a thirteen point home uh, favorite against a third string quarterback, um, they literally broke every single rule of uh, of you know they really broke every single rule of what like not to do when when you're that kind of favorite. I mean, they gave up a big punt return, they give up three turnovers. One was a defensive touchdown. The other two, I mean, they gave up big returns on those two interceptions. You know, I think Howard got it around the goal line, returned it all the way to the 50-yard line. Yeah. And then the other interception was returned pretty deep, and then obviously the punt return as well. So let's not forget about a fumble into the end zone as well. I mean, there was there was some interesting stuff going on. Well, no, and, sure. and, and, and you get a drop touchdown from Dawson Knox. You get a drop 50-yard bomb from Khalil Shakur. Like, I mean, the – I mean – if you just looked at the box score of this game, you would never have thought that this was a three-point game. But No, and that, that was the big thing. I think sitting watching it, I was getting ready. I had to play the, the Vikings-Giants game on the, the radio. I was I had that ready to go. Then they delayed it like 20 minutes, so they just started playing the Bills game. And I was like, this is ridiculous. That was the longest game I think I've ever watched in my life. It was pushing 5-10, five, five, and it was still like they were just kneeling. They were in victory formation when Allen was taunting Christian Wilkins and getting all in his face. You know it was the I mean? second so, longest game in Bill's history, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just and the only one that's the only one that's longer was the the Chiefs Sunday night game from like last year. But that that game's like that was a weather delay. That that wasn't like wasn't there like a tornado warning or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. No. yeah. No, that was, was like weather. Like this was a legit. And you felt that dude, amount. I'm telling you right now, you felt it in the stands. It was like, oh my god, we were the the two minute the last like four minutes of the first half took like an hour it felt like it was like oh my god it's 17-3 okay they kicked the field goal oh they kicked another field goal oh my god they scored a touchdown two foot oh we kicked a field goal like there's like four scoring plays in like three minutes and then the third quarter took forever as well it was it's crazy. It crazy yeah i mean <laughs> it, it's just it it you know third third time a year divisional matchup you know it's going to be scrappy like you said and it's just 
it was interesting to see McDaniel vaping on the sideline as well. I think he needed to get his stress out a little bit. You know, it was just there was so so many memeable moments that came. Wait, was out he was he actually? It's it's rumored. It looks like it. Oh, I if thought it was freeze, just a joke. No, if you freeze frame it, it there's something in his hand, and then he goes like, like like he's like he's sucking on something. So could be a sharpie. Like he's huffing a sharpie or something too. I don't know. Something was getting his juices flowing, but could could have been anything. But I I don't know. It was just it was. You can see. I'm glad that was recorded. We got to screenshot that or something. I I made. wish I had one. I would put it up right now. But it was just sharpie. Yeah, I don't know. It could have been either one, but you can't really. I think I've talked about this at least off the pod to you guys. People go after McDaniel quite a bit, right? And say he's snarky, he's cocky. If we had a guy like that as our head coach making jokes and stuff like that, we would absolutely love it. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, there's no kind of does that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like walking around, bopping around to some rap music saying, I wish it were well, he's not like I, He's not like that, I should say. No, no. But like, you know what I mean? Like, just he's got that, like, you know, swag, quote unquote, makes some crazy remarks at every, press conference. Every league has people like that, if you think about it. Like, prime example, hockey. Brad Marchand, absolutely despise him. But if he's on your team, you absolutely you love, love him. him. Mm-hmm. You know, like like Christian Wilkins. Christian Wilkins, you love him on <laughs> your team. You hate him when you play against him. So. Yeah. No, that. What did you guys think when that scrum started happening? When Allen was all up in the face, uh, I thought it took pushing back. Like, I mean, I'm kind of glad they just did offsetting penalties on that. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of like, well, Mitch Morse being, came in like a. Like a yeah, tomahawk. I don't know how the Bills didn't get penalized more for that. I mean, I think I think Spencer Brown was kind of surprised he didn't get one because I think he's the one that like threw him down. Like Mitch well, Morse just kind of came in and got in front of him, so he was yeah. uh, not touching Allen anymore. And then Brown just threw him down. Well, and then Dion's um, got his helmet walking away, saying, "This is my toy now." You know what I mean? Not giving it back or anything. So it's just it's it's so, it was it was crazy watching this game. I there's no mm-hmm. other words to explain it was just it's well i mean listen when it'll you be remembered played, next year when, yeah when you play a division team for a third time like these guys hate each other mm-hmm. like there's no love lost like i feel like this was different from the patriots you know last last year a little bit from the fact of the patriots were like on absolute slide and but they still had their entire people and they just got sh- like slaughtered mm-hmm. and, like they couldn't do anything like the dolphins <laughs> The Dolphins were on a slide, but then they had a like the Dolphins came off a win, like a, a really high like a high win to get at least some momentum back in. Like the Dol- the Patriots right. came in after losing to Miami in a meaningless game for Miami, like it, they got dominated yeah. by Miami and Miami, and then they came to Buffalo and got creamed. Like Miami had to win a game against the Jets, and I mean like, I'm not they weren't super impressive, but they still won the game. So they were coming off right. I mean at least that high of like hey we got in, we can make some magic happen and. Listen, they came in with a game plan of like everyone's telling us not to blitz Josh Allen, but we got we got. I mean, our offense. I mean, look at them. They had two hundred yards ish. They had like three point three yards per per play, which is just terrible. Mm-hmm. Jalen Waddle like completely like. So did Tyreek Hill. They both whiffed on like two I mean, passes. Jalen Waddle was bad. Tyreek had a below average game. They they had like twenty carries for forty yards. You know, we talked yeah. about how important the ground game would be without. Tua and that I mean the Bills defense. I mean we'll talk about them in a second, but they really stepped up. But yeah, they maybe knew Tyreek should have warmed up those hamstrings a little bit, like he told the Bills to do. You maybe, know? but I mean to win this game, I think Miami knew like we have to get turnovers, and we have to get turnovers, and we have to win the special teams battle. And you know, kind of in an upset, they did. Like Miami doesn't have good special teams. 
And right. the Bills have, you know, a top five special teams unit. And for them to give up a 50-yard punt return, which really should have been a touchdown. I mean, he didn't get touched for it until, like, the very end of the run. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen, like, Sam Martin. Sam Martin, I think, kind of broke it up. Yeah, yeah he, he tripped him up. Which is funny that. because Miami's Morstead had to make a tackle, and he got hurt. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen the Bills special teams unit on a, on a punt return give up, like, that many untouched yards. You know, I've never, mm-hmm. I've never, I've never seen that before this season, which is, you know, not not the best look. And then, you know, T Bass kicks the ball out of bounds. I don't know what was up with that. Like special yeah. teams, the mess for the Bills, the offense. You know, I guess we'll talk about them in a second too. But they had a, a, the de- definition of like a roller coaster game. Only, only team, only you know, phase of the field that really dominated was the defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the thing going into this Bengals game, which we'll talk about on the betting on the Bills episode. It's just you got to be firing on all cylinders, you know, and we're firing on defense. After that last game, we were firing on special teams the game before. They haven't all cohesively worked really much in one game except before pre-bye week, I would say, sure. Like there were a couple games where they all cohesively worked, but since the bye, they really haven't put everything together yet. But mm-hmm. I don't know, moving into the offense, what, what do you – what are you thinking about the two interceptions? That's the first thing I want to ask you guys about. Because one of them, I would put on Josh, the deep ball. The one bouncing off of Beasley, I mean, that, I, I don't, you know what I mean, well, necessarily. I mean, the one was to Brown. It was it was definitely contested. He was definitely just taking a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little underthrown. But Brown also really didn't try to play defense on it either. Yeah, kind of just let it happen, and then Beasley's was just it just bounced off of him. The guy had his arm in there, and it was just lucky bounce right into the hands of the, the um safety Holland. But um, I mean, that's not I think super much an issue, in my opinion, because like I don't think they were like bad reads Mm-mm. to an extent. They're kind of just like unlucky, you know. But overall, offense, like, I'm watching the game, and I just don't understand some of this play calling. Like, I don't know if Dorsey's just – it's like an ego thing where he wants to just push the ball down the field and have these amazing plays and everything. But it's like, you know, why? You were up mm-hmm. one score in the second half in a playoff game. Like, there's no need to be taking 50-yard shots downfield. Just run the ball. Just – do quick slants, check downs, move the ball down the field, waste time. Because when you miss these 50-yard bombs, it stops the clock or it can get picked, and it's just not worth it. You know? I just mm-hmm. I don't understand why he's calling these plays. I don't know if he just wants to show off Josh or if yeah. Josh has been like, I want to do this, and he's just listening. Or, like, what is it? Dable a little bit, maybe. Yeah, like, I, def- I definitely would agree. Like, if, if, Okay, so if, if you took out the three turnovers, the first one's on Josh 100%. Mm-hmm. Do I think Brown could have done a better job breaking up? Sure. But I I think it's more of Josh threw it like he threw it against the Patriots, which is long, which, you know, was even Howard was kind of a little bit back where he probably needed to throw it like short and just have Brown kind of like come back to the football. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a terrible decision. I don't think it's a great throw. And maybe at the end of the day, you don't want to do that if you think that's what's going to happen. The Beasley one is defensive pass interference. I hate to like be that guy. I hate to be that guy because I think that's annoying. But the guy arrived early. Do I think? No, he was riding them all the way. Yeah. I think it's the best decision in the world to throw, uh, you know, a 10 yard pass on the sideline. So, you know, 
but 20 yards in the air to Cole Beasley, which is kind of a contested catch. Probably not, but at the end of the day, that's just kind of rotten luck. And then the third turnover is 100% on Josh, the, the strip mm-hmm. sack fumble. I think a lot of people have been blaming the offensive line for that, and it's, it's not the offensive line's fault. I mean, the, the, the Dolphins. The pressure, cover, but. The Dolphins, but no, but the Dolphins did a cover zero, which they did a full blitz, one more than you can handle if you don't put your tight end and running back in. And the tight end went to the flat, and the running back, I think, went in the flat as well. So he had two guys open where he just needed to throw it over the blitzing defender's head, and they would have had some yardage. He, you know, ate it and tried to break the tackle and got stripped. So it's, that was on Josh. But yeah, I think with Dorsey, it's interesting. I think in the beginning of the year, we were all frustrated of him based off they were, the offense was so Diggs-centric. Like, every game it seemed like Diggs had to have a good game, and Diggs was putting up this monster yard. But then if you look at the total yards, Diggs had such a great share of it where it was, like, concerning. I at least feel good, like, after this game where Gabe had 130, 113 and a tud, Knox had a touchdown, Beasley had, like, I want to say, like, 30-something yards and a Shakir touchdown. Shakir got like, some action, too. Shakir had an action. Like, I think everything... I like how Dorsey's figured that out. And the ground game has gotten better, as we've talked about, uh, with the running backs and stuff. But at the end of the day, it is kind of – they're very aggressive offensively. And at the end of the day, when you have a quarterback that can sling the ball like Josh does, you can't you can't hate that they always do it. Um, but it does feel like Dable knew what strings to pull in the sense of when to hone Josh in. And it doesn't seem like Dorsey seem Dorsey and Josh seem to be like two guys born too close to like the same cloth of like aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. Mm-hmm. And you need one of them, and it's not going to be Josh because he's a gunslinger. You need your offensive coordinator to kind of protect your quarterback from yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. And listen, sometimes there is people open underneath, and he's through it deep. I'm not going to blame everything on on Dorsey or Josh because, honest to God, like I think we're looking at a completely different game if Knox doesn't drop that touchdown. Or, I mean, that 50-yard throw from to clear Shakur should have been a touchdown. Instead, he goes to the ground and drops it. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of the deep bombs, like, honestly, he had a guy, and he just didn't make great throws. Josh did. But at the end of the day, like, you're not going to expect your quarterback to throw 40 yards down the field accurately every time. That's mm-hmm. how he got intercepted and all that stuff. So I do think there needs to be a little – like, he had 11 attempts for over 20 yards. Yeah. I would okay, be okay if that number, like, decreased, like, three or four attempts. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you. And that's one thing I think throughout the year, I know we talked about their red zone presence isn't what it was either with Dable. You know what I mean? Like there have been red zone interceptions this past year and stuff like that. Like where we didn't see, they kept pulling up that stat that Josh Allen was so many passes without a red zone intercept, all this crap. And then he finally had some, but it was just, I think we're seeing where, like you said, Dom Dable could hone Josh in and calm him down where here he just gets peed off and wants to throw down the field and end the game every play. You know what I mean? And Dorsey is on board with that because he wants to do the same thing. So it's just like, I think it'll be tough because I think this season's a huge learning lesson on how valuable Brian Dable was, even though he ran it on first and second down a lot and ended up with third and long, which aggravated me quite a bit. And he did a lot of, they really did that. You're thinking about Nate Hackett. Maybe, no, that, but yeah, right. I actually, when David was the OC, they were actually like in the tops of the league on throwing on first, second down. Nate Hackett, he did a lot of cutesy stuff that I didn't really appreciate. You know, they what I sometimes mean? Like, did that, but I, I think sometimes, like, you look at the outliers of how it stalled drives, and re- in reality, compared to other offensive coordinators, 
Yeah. 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 I think I think it's just you're missing the veteran status of an OC at this point. And Dorsey's going to grow into that unless he takes a head coaching job somewhere that he's offered. But hopefully, I mean, I, I don't know who I don't think he'll get hired personally, but I think uh, I think he'll grow into the position of OC and hopefully hone in a little bit as years come, which would be interesting to see for sure. But want to switch. Let's 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 look at this all star defense we had, though. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds, absolute terminator out there just to start off. I was two tackles away from hitting a huge parlay. All I needed was two tackles from him. But you know what? We're going to let that slide. He had a good game. He had a great game. So the defense in general, I mean, they they really were dealt some bad field position quite a bit from these uh, return interceptions, like stuff like that. You know what I mean? And they they put it together pretty well, I think, for the hand that was dealt to them in a lot of these situations. So yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, you look at Kair Elam's game. I mean, for his first yeah. ever playoff game, he played very well. He was a standout at corner. Um, and then I just had to give a shout-out to uh, Shaq and Boogie there, mm-hmm. two backup edge rushers making their impact. <laughs> Shaq kind of somewhat of a revenge game because, you know, he went to the, uh, Miami after the Bills let him go. So mm-hmm. maybe he kind of wanted to stick it to him being like, shouldn't have cut me. But now, 0 for 3 on the Jordan Phillips revenge games, unfortunately. Missed okay. all three of the Miami games. That's tough. Oh. That's extremely tough. But I don't know. That was there's that was just positive mostly defensively. Yeah, you know? I, I think it was they gave up one drive over seventy yards, and that was the touchdown to make it thirty four thirty one. That's a like the two comments that were making me the most upset after the game were some people were saying the Bills didn't deserve to win, which is like okay, they do won I the think, game? Like, do I think mm-hmm. like they got a little lucky with the amount, how careless they were with the football? Sure, they also dominated the football game, so. Yeah, that that can stop. And then like the all the man, the Dolphins, Skylar Thompson put up thirty one points. I'm like, what an absolute flawed stat that is. Yeah, it. it I'm sorry. Uh, when you score a defensive touchdown and you get a a short field from a kick out of bounds, which is a field goal, you get like three other short fields from a punt return and two interceptions, which were you know nine other points based off field goals. So what? That's like nineteen points or or something like that. Like. It's just a flood. That made me so mad. It's like, yeah. no. No, they're he acting really like didn't. he's the second coming of Brock Purdy when in actuality he did d- did not have a game like that. So No, he was bad. I mean, Skylar Thompson was bad. I also will like defend him a little bit. Like his, his line is terrible and he still played bad. Like he played bad and his line is terrible. Like his line is worse than he played just because like Waddle dropped a couple. Hill dropped a couple. He actually threw an absolute dime in, like Tam- when the Bills are in Tampa 2 when Edmonds sprinted up the middle of the field to get in for, <laughs> try and get in front of Kaseki. He threw yeah. an absolute dime. It actually, went, Edmonds didn't touch it. I mean, it was a good defense, but like it went right through Kaseki, and he might have been. I mean, that might have been a touchdown, but yeah. I, I, I mean, think it, it was a great. It was a great. It was a great day for the Bills' defense and the fact that they, they didn't allow any real big plays. No, oh, Trey Wright broke up that Waddle pass too. That was a standout play. You know, yeah, traded Taron Johnson had a good day. I think it was a really beneficial. I think it was a really important day because these DBs really hadn't gotten tested for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we saw what happened in the first 10 minutes of that Bengals game of they looked a little <laughs> bit outmatched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was nice to see Trey. I think he got targeted six co- times against Waddle and Hill. He had one catch for 13 yards, two pass breakups. I mean, Elam, I think, got t- had to give one catch for, like, 10 yards or something like that, interception, a couple pass breakups, especially the fourth down one. Like to, to see Elam have such a big game and Trey was nice. And then Terrence also always kind of 
you know, underrated. Mm-hmm. And then the linebackers are studs. So. Yeah. Linebacker. My boy Edmonds, stud. Absolute mm-hmm. stud. He, he wouldn't have a contract. I'm saying he wouldn't have missed that tackle on fourth and eight. If he switched Milano and him, he mm-hmm. makes the tackle. Yeah, I love Matt Milano, man. Dude misses pro. a lot of tackles. Yeah, no, that is true. That is true. That's one flaw of Matt Milano. But was that uh, that one pick? That was Marlowe, right? Mm-hmm. That was that was solid. I did not see that coming until the ball was in his hand. So I don't think anyone did. Uh, the rest of the Poyer behind him looked flabbergasted all of a sudden. He was in the, the wrong ball. spot. Yeah, yeah. So that was 100% luck, but we'll take it, you know. But I don't know. I, I thought overall it was a gritty playoff game. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had the defense show up, like we said, and the offense and special teams need to work on it. But I think hopefully going into this Bengals game, everyone realizes that and we see a, a consecutive. Well, I, I think team. the concern would slightly be is that they've struggled to rush for four ever since Vaughn got injured. Mm-hmm. And last game, they did a really good job sending an extra rusher. Like Milano had two sacks. Yeah. Aaron had a pressure. Edmonds had a pressure. It's going to be crucial. I mean, listen, the Bengals deal. I don't want to pee too much, but the Bengals deal line is so banged up. They probably won't have to do that. Mm-hmm. But that's the one I would say improvement I would want to see from the Bills. I mean, the Bills deal line did a fantastic job against the run, but mm-hmm. I would like to see them be a little bit better when they just rush four in situations because it was a little bit of a quiet game from Groot. Obviously, I know Boogie. I think Shaq might have had a sack. I mean, like, there was moments, but there, it was, it seemed far too much time where it felt like Thompson had, like, a couple seconds in the pocket, was able to, and credit to him, like, move around a little bit, and all of a sudden he has six, this, the play is six seconds long before he throws the ball. And credit to the Bills coverage unit because that's a long time to hold up. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean. Also, like, I mean, the Bills offense, they're never going to face a defense quite like that again of a team that's just going to absolutely just go all out and try and <laughs> get the turnovers. Like, I was, like I don't think any any off any defense is going to have that kind of game plan again. So no, they're not going to run cover zero every other play. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And just try and yeah, blitz third and, and... 15, third and <laughs> 15 cover zero. Oh my god! Like I don't know. It it's just it's like that. It's like that kid you play in Madden online that just blitzes every play. Yeah, engage eight. Yeah, just sends them sends the men every play. You know what I mean? Like, will blitz. Mike will blitz exactly. I, I hate mean, that. Yeah, that's exactly what the Dolphins <laughs> oh, are doing, man. The play was nerfed, okay? It was nerfed. It was nerfed. Now it is. It used to be broken. Extremely. Oh, my God. On the Xbox One version, it was extremely broken. But <laughs> I don't know. I think we, we've we overcome the Mike Will Blitz, and that was that was very promising to see, you know? So uh, well, when you have I'll, a quarterback I'll... who can roll out like that, that's, that's what you got, you know? Also, it's kind of nice to see, like, the Bengals struggle with the Ravens. Yeah. Similar kind of. You know, division backup quarterback. You see, it's, Joe it's, Mixon was talking trash today, though. I don't care what Joe Mixon has to say. He I likes mean, to run his mouth it. anyway. So listen, they can talk. They we'll can talk it. all they want. Like I mean, they're the defending AFC champions. At the end of the day, you, you can talk all you want. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens on Sunday. That's no, Gabe Davis will put his Nike Air Force One cleat in his mouth. You know listen, what I mean? Playoff I, game, man. I, 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 listen, we've been we've been incredibly cr- critical of Gabe the entire season. Playoff game. Man, did that dude have some really clutch catches. And that Absolutely. touchdown throw and catch, that that was like that was you know, from the stadium perspective, absolutely jaw dropping. Dude, he say, those... go ahead, Mike. What were you gonna say? No, I was gonna say Diggs too, the one catch. It was, it was out of bounds, he didn't have both feet in. Oh my gosh, but yeah, that's a great catch. Dawson Knox's first touchdown catch, fantastic. Reaching that hand around. 
You know, like I know even Shakir's one catch in the fourth quarter. He got up there, made a mm-hmm. great catch. I don't think that Diggs catch was a catch, but the fact that they didn't re- like take the yeah. time to at least review that, yeah, it was an absolute travesty. Oh, mm-hmm. it was because it was. I mean, it was top notch, and he got like. Originally, like watching the game, we're like, "Oh, he didn't get a second foot inbounds." Then we're like, "Oh my god, he got a second foot inbounds!" And I was like, "I don't know if he cut, like he had like possession when his first foot touched, but I was like, rolled down the belly." Yeah, like, that, I mean, that's tough. That the, thing, game? The, secure, the secure drop was just such. I mean, honestly, like if we're talking about when stuff started to go south, I mean, you could, <laughs> you could talk a lot. About, like the Docs drop, it would have been twenty-one nothing. Now it's seventeen nothing. Bass taking the ball bounce. What was it like? Seventeen. Josh's first pick. What was seventeen six? Third and eight. You get a fifty yard completion, and all of a sudden now you're punting and give up a 50, you gave up a fifty yard punt return. So they basically took over the ball where you where you you know had it. Yeah, it exactly. Killer. Yeah, I mean, it's whatever at this point. Playoff Gabe eats and the butterfingers he has. We in the regular get to listen season. to Tony Romo's commentary again. I didn't. I, I don't. I don't quite understand why everyone was so mad about that. Listen, I'm gonna be all I'm saying. You. All I'm saying. I'm listen. We're listening to Tony Romo this week. I'll be happy. So happy to do it again next week. Wait, what, Mike? Do, do you did you have an issue with Tony Romo's commentary, or or is that a good thing you're saying? Just in general, I don't like his commentary. Oh, I think he likes the sound of his voice a little bit too much. He does. He like, likes I think he God. changes his opinion way too often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honest to God, he's Boy, actually he like. He's honestly like a good at like he's actually good at like he's good at his job, but he yeah. just talks way too much. Like he it's interesting to hear him talk. Although I will listen to Tony Romo over Chris Collinsworth. Absolutely. But Tony Romo is like super pro- I gotta admit, this is coming from like Tony Romo is super pro Bills, which I mean, I'm not gonna complain about really that much. He loves Josh Allen. Yeah, you know how like we talk about Chris Collinsworth having a man crush on Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, Tony <laughs> Romo is with Josh Allen. <laughs> Well, you know what? Here's my one thing I want to say about Tony Romo. If only he had the opportunity to diagnose, diagnose defenses like he does in the booth when he actually played, because he would have been an all-star. That's all I'm saying. So he was a that's pro a, quarterback. I mean, he, just, he, was, just, he was he was he was he was okay. okay. He was okay. Yeah, I know. I know. But still. he just broke his back. Yeah, that was a bad injury. I, I do listen, remember that. Listen, Tony Romo. It's simple for Tony Romo. Just don't let him hold the field goal attempt, and you're gonna be fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh God! All right. Well, I think I think that's gonna do it for our Bills recap. We'll be coming at you with some more. Wait, I I I gotta, I gotta ask one question. Okay, one question. Who, who is your MVP of the game? Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Kyer. You said oh oh. I thought you said Shakir. I don't know why. No, Kyer. No, I I gotta say Edmonds. That dude was the Terminator out there. As I said, he was he was killing people. So I'm all for it. He avoided a, a call apparently because the ball was in the way of a head to head contact. That's apparently what everyone's been saying. When yeah, he, honestly, God, I I think like I don't know. It's it's hard to say, but like I would say most unsung hero was Kyrie, just because he came off the bench for Danny. Also, if he doesn't start next week, we're all we're all gonna get our pitchforks and, and time to riot. Start to riot. <laughs> I, but I, I I I think the MVP has to be has to be Davis because he yeah. made some. No, that's fair. I mean, talk about like out of world. Like I don't know what happens when this man plays in the playoffs, but he I'm made the one you. catch that made the one catch that McDermott had a challenge. Made a nice catch to start the drive to get that field goal before halftime, and that touchdown was just—I mean, it was yeah. sick. Dude, I'm telling you, Gabe Davis has butterfingers for hands in the regular season. Then he eats them and gets the chocolate all sticky, and then the ball just no, sticks I, to his all, hands. All I'm saying is like his sideline awareness in the regular season is like a 40 on men, but then when it becomes playoff time, like the dude just toe taps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, you, you saw it. Uh, I, mean, I don't know if you saw the interview today, but like he was on the joke machine for an extra half hour, and apparently Von Miller put like a replica of the Super Bowl. And I'm um, man. Any, any oh, motivation wow. is good motivation. Yeah, yeah, look at that. Yeah, Mike, who's your MVP? It was Elam. Elam. Okay. All right. Well, I think now that's officially going to do it for our Bills topic today on the Buffalonian podcast, and. We are going to head into the Sabres topic, but before we head in, I would like to mention the Sports Bring People Together podcast. You should listen for entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports, and who knows where the chats will take you, but Sports God is all here together in the first place. Find the show wherever you listen to your podcast or simply visit sportseplus.com. Now, fellas, how about them Sabres? How about them Sabres, huh? Are we taking a minute? Do you want to take a you minute? You know, it was the anniversary of when Jimmy Johnson said, how about them Cowboys? Today? Yeah. That was their last road. Today or the other day? That was their last road playoff game. They won in, until Monday. Uh, I mean, talking about the Sabres, though, absolute bread week. There's no way to say it. No. What, they went one, two, and one? Terrible. Awful. Awful. Hinnis throws this on waivers. We'll talk more about that. I mean, but, I mean, this, only, it's falling apart. It's falling apart. This is bad. the only thing I'll say about the Sabres is some of the teams they played were were rolling. They had some hot matchups. That's true. That's true. They they played like, they played some hot teams, but but Chicago losing it in the third Chicago. period to the team that's openly tanking for Connor Bedard is kind of sad. I mean, this I'll, I'll put it this way. If you want to recap their four games this week, game one at home against Winnipeg, they get absolutely hellbucked. Like they, they, they were the better team that game. I'll give them credit, but they got absolutely hellbucked. I mean, talk about yeah. having a talk about having an elite goaltender really matters in the NHL. Like that dude just stole two points in the Sabers and and just took it and just ran. <laughs> Florida, they just get absolutely dominated on home ice against your like a like it was such a big week for the Sabers. They play Florida at home. They play. Uh, who's the second team that they play Nashville, which which is a solid team but mm-hmm. beatable, and, and they play, you know, the Blackhawks. They need to beat the Blackhawks. I mean, they beat Nashville, which is a good win. They dominate Nashville. I mean, Florida's right in your real house. They're right around where you are. Like you kind of had to win that game at home. And I mean, I don't have to say. I mean, they're now like nine, twelve, and two at home on a four-game losing streak going into Ryan Miller night tomorrow. I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, if you want to win a playoff, if you want to be a playoff team, you have to protect home ice. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, it's a great sign that like, hey, they're twelve and seven on on the road. Like, that's a great sign. That's a playoff team road record. Like, if you if you just saw the Sabers road record and saw that, you'd be like, oh my gosh, they're they're in the playoffs. And then you see that they're like way below five hundred at home. It just you know what it is? It's like that stupid horn they go out of. It's too loud. It kills everyone's ear eardrums. Saber dance needs to come back. Get the music out there. Come on, like, oh my god! It, uh, every time I'm sitting there with Dom, I jump. By the way, when that horn Stays goes off, the guy saying failed. "Welcome back to the ice." Like, if yeah. it ain't broke, don't fix it. Drop those like, swords. Like all the why, why, why you gotta now. do that? Yeah, you know, why do you gotta make everyone jump out of their seat and not because they're excited? Doesn't help when the acoustics in that building are terrible, so it just goes right through you. Anytime they play music, it's like. You're yeah, they're bleeding. gone wild or whatever. It's like I can't even hear a word you're saying half the time. They're the only decent band that plays there half the time, and you can't even hear them. You know what I mean? It's just... them. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just listen. You, you got to be able to play home ice, and and they they can't for whatever reason. 
I'm at least happy that they waived Henestroza um, from the fact of I'm so done with these stupid paper transactions. And you're just yeah. your, you're just honestly, God though, you're just hurting your own team by doing it. Like it doesn't make any. It doesn't since make that any started, sense. they've been imploding. I mean, truthfully, since that started, I this mean, this come back, yeah. I yeah. mean, it doesn't make, but it doesn't make any sense for me to like, oh, let's just have Jack Quinn have a night off because we need to have a paper transaction. Like they should have done this. Like this is what I'm saying. Do do we give the Sabers credit for waving Hanestrosa, which was the right decision, or like should we give them punishment because they waited to like see if they could help him by trading him instead of just waving him right away? Like I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think you give him any credit. I mean, I, listen to episode one last March. I was saying send Hinnestrozo away. You know, what I mean, send him down. Whatever. I mean, there's there's evidence there. They should have just taken a listen, and they would have been way off the the radar. They would have it would have been great. But since this has started going on, when Comrie came back, and they've been doing all these transactions, like the season is, for lack of a better word, taking a poop. Like it's just it's it's not it's not there. It's not. They're not riding like a worse, worse phrase than that. So no, no, I would have, then I would go in and edit in a bleep. So I don't, I don't really want to do that. You know what I mean? But I, um, I I don't know. It's tough. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a young team. You got to expect highs and lows. I mean, they're still kind of learning. Don Granado is still kind of like a new coach. And, you know, I know we've talked about numerous times his head coaching style. If he really should be a head coach, if, he can be the head coach of a successful team or if he's an assistant coach, but that's not what we're talking about right now. Um, I mean, I think it's relevant, but I mean, yeah, he's, our, he's our head coach for the next few years with that extension. So, you know. I know, but I'm just, I'm just saying like, I think it's to be expected that this team is going to go through a slump here. Um, I think, you know, Tage went what five games without scoring a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think cousins went on like a little stretch where he wasn't getting any points. Mm-hmm. You've seen like, um, Dolly and Skinner, they've kind of slowed down a little bit from their pace earlier in the year. Like, we knew it wasn't going to last. We knew all these guys weren't going to get 90, 100 points. But, um, you know, I think they just need to kind of, like, look themselves in the mirror and be like, hey, we were the top-scoring team in the league, and now we've slipped a little bit. Like, what in our game has changed? Like, what have these teams figured out about us, and what can we change so that we can start scoring again? No, I think think all your points are good. And, like – I think what the frustrating part, I guess, from my perspective is, is, like, your scoring has slipped, but your, like, defensive effort and your your ability on the defensive end has also taken, like, a step back as well. It's not like... We have... I would say we have half of a successful NHL decor. Yeah, I, I would agree. And you also have plenty of one-way forwards, too, that don't help your cause. Yeah. So, like, yeah. that that's, that's the frustrating thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna give credit to Tyson yeah, Jost. Fantastic, dude! What a He's claim a right there. Yeah, that was a great waiver claim. Kevin Adams, round of applause. And... Poor poor soul has to be on the line with Middlestad and Olafson though. So he's <laughs> the only like, good part of that. Kind of carry them like he's they've yeah. had like, they've had a couple pretty nice games. I'm not gonna lie, but I I think that's the frustrating part is that if you're gonna slip offensively, you gotta at least be better defensively, and they haven't. And I I think it's hard, especially when you know. I don't know if it's the All Star buzz or whatever, but ever since like they did that the that thing at the arena where Tage Thompson has been sucked into the All Star game, like he just hasn't pulled in that well. Obviously, I know he scored last night, but when your best mm-hmm. player goes into a slump, 
when the kid line was quiet for about two weeks, they, they're starting to get back into it now. They've played pretty well the last couple of games. Yeah, and then you got Bryson uh, and Labushkin tying up the bottom half of the defenseman. Oh, I mean, that's please. just oh, – yeah, that's gosh. ridiculous. Dude, so bad. Keep, keep betting <laughs> keep betting Labushkin over on penalty minutes. Like, <laughs> you'll make a lot of money, I swear. That and the amount of times in the game you'll be like, wow – Jacob Bryson got to the puck first, but got bodied off the puck. That that will also be a pretty heavy counter by the end of the night. Or, wow, play in the front of the net. Wow, no one cleared the front of the net. It's just, I don't know. Like, the bottom pair is just a complete mess. The Power, power and Yoki Haru are not a very good pair together. They're actually better without each other. And, I mean, you're, listen, your top pair of Darlene and Samuelson have been pretty meh uh, for about a week now, which is fine. I mean, you're not expecting, again, as you said, Mike, they're not expected to go on pace till the whole season like they were. But, that, that should be a somewhat of a concern, but at the end of the day, last night, they lost because Craig Anderson was terrible. Yeah. Like, he gave up four goals on, like, 2.6 expected goals. The yeah. Sabres were supposed to score, like, 4.5 goals. Um, they completely dominated the game. They lost because one goal he got saves. You know, they didn't, I mean, Grant, for to be honest, Casey Milstadt was a pretty, pretty big goal scorer last night for the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. I... I... I'm at a loss of words. I truly am. I mean, it's just, I think we need constant goaltending. I think, I think that's the thing. And it's tough when you throw. Well, you're Anderson. not going to be consistent goaltending. Oh, I right. That's, that's the thing in the national hockey league though, Joe, is like when you, when you, when you barely spend any cash, I don't saying you should go out and spend like 5 million bucks on like when brain Hobie was a free agent, but like, when you don't have an elite goaltender, you're not gonna you're gonna have moments where it's like, okay, the goaltending is fine, and then next next week you're gonna be like, man, the goaltending is a problem. Yeah, I I just think I think Craig Anderson's at the point though, like I don't know, you're you're resting him, right? Like you're you're playing Comrie, you're playing. They're um, really Lucanin. banking on a Devin Levi being yeah. the franchise goaltender. Mm-hmm. They just better be careful. Are you worried about not. that at all? I mean, like, what happens if he doesn't pan out? I just out? don't think you should rush him. I think, look at Casey Middlestat. He was rushed into the NHL, and look how much, you know. Yeah, he's awful. He's not that great. He's played better, but he's still not good. I wouldn't have him on the roster. Listen, the, the, year, the, the experiment's over. Listen, I'll take him and Olsen. You know, thank you. You know, Yost, great waiver claim. RFA also by the end of the year, so it's also easy to keep him. He's in a phenomenal job of raising the trade value of both those dudes. So that's another golf yeah. clap for him. Yeah. But no, I honestly the concern for me about Levi is this the same conversation we're having about Levi was the same conversation we were having about UPL a couple of years ago. Yeah. And then all of a sudden UPL got double I, I don't know if he got double hip surgery or he got one hip surgery. I, double. I, oh, he did get double. Okay. All of a sudden, you got. I'm not saying Devin Levi was going to have double hip surgery. I mean, I pray that he doesn't. But like, don't all speak sudden, anything into existence. All right. But all of a sudden, he got injured, and all of a sudden, he's never been the same goaltender again. Like no. he wasn't that dominant goaltender he was in juniors, and he was always mid in the AHL. And he's been. I mean, he's been all right in the NHL, but this season, like we've been really impressed with him at times. And sometimes, like he still has an under 900 save percentage. So it's not like he's been super consistent. You know playing so i think that's my concern is that you bank so hard on him it's like are you gonna miss your window like is my question is this and i i guess this is the question that kind of needs to be asked i know you have such a young team but does devin levi fit your current window like is he a guy like like matt murray won two stanley cups with the with the penguins but the penguins are dominant for so long 
And then you, all of a sudden you added the young goaltender to take Marc-Andre Fleury's spot. Like, I feel like maybe the Sabres need to think about upgrading the goaltending position now and then just having Levi, as you say, ease in and then supplant that goalie. No, I, I agree because, I mean, you think about goaltenders take longer to develop. Usually they yeah. don't become really a true start till they're, like, in their mid-20s anyway. So I don't think throwing in Devin Levi when he's 21, 22 years old is going to be successful. But look at, like, look at Boston. They go out and sign Olmark, who, you know, he was a starter, but they also had a young guy in Jeremy Swayman, and now you pair them together, and they're the best team in the NHL right now. Yeah. Or you look at, um, you know, just look at Carolina right now. They have Freddie Anderson, who's a veteran, and then they have Kochetkov, who's a young goaltender. And, you know, you probably think one day he'll be their franchise goaltender, but right now he's behind the veteran who's, you know, not sheltering him, but, you know, is like that presence that you want. And I don't think the Sabres have done that. I think they've kind of like are just expecting Levi to be this franchise goaltender. So they're like, oh, we're not going to invest any money in goaltender now because we want that goalie of the future and, and we're paying for it. Yeah. Also, my concern would also be that they also that maybe they think UPL's that Freddie Anderson like like maybe he they think he's gonna be the veteran, which I think is a bad bet. Like I think you need to add someone. Maybe maybe UPL pulls a, like the Levi of supplanting the veteran goaltender. But I mean, look at Carter Hart. Look at Spencer Knight. Like those two dudes were like top goaltending prospects, and they've all been pretty mediocre in their NHL career. I mean, look at Ottinger. Ottinger, his first two years in Dallas was incredibly average. And then last year, he ends hot and has, like, I mean, the series of a lifetime against Calgary, and now he's, like, an elite goaltender. But it took right. him two-plus two, two plus years to become an elite goaltender. Like, can I don't think the Sabres can be like, wow, we're going to, you know, just skip, you know, throw Levi to the fire, but he might not be good for two years. And all of a sudden, now you're, like, having still having mediocre goaltending two years, or the two years of Levi trying to, you know, adapt. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just, I just think, especially because, I don't know. Like Portello's a a, a goner. Like he's just, yeah. he's gone. Yeah. Like I just, I feel like their 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 two bets on the goaltending scare me. Of they're betting so much on Levi, and then they're also betting on UPL. And like, he's UPL. shown flashes of possibility, but you're right. He's I mean, like consistent he's not enough. consistent enough. We saw Casey Middlestead have like a three, almost score a hat trick. Like yeah, I mean, yeah. every every young guy has like a stretch. Right. Casey yeah. Middlestead scored five yeah. points in his first six Grand NHL games, and that was good enough for the for uh, Terry Pagula to force Jason ba- Jason Barrell's hand to trade Ryan O'Reilly because I thought they had the second line center. Like, well, you know, I'm not against you know what they did with signing Eric Comrie. I think that was just like a, a lot of upside could have been there because he's young. Um, he'd be given a chance, but you know, I think that shouldn't have prevented them from signing someone else. Like I remember we got in that argument about Craig Anderson. You were like, we gotta get rid of him. And I was like, just, that was in the know, outdoor I'm, studio, man. That was, a long time I was ago. fine with bringing him back for the year, but you know, mainly as like a third goaltender. And I think you got to think that's probably what they'll do. It'll probably be Lucan and Comrie and Anderson will be the three. I think, you need someone with that experience like Anderson, but someone who's better than Anderson who can actually play, you know, because Anderson just can't play anymore. Younger, younger. But that's, my fresh, but that's my frustration of they did that with the Fords, you know, like they, they, they brought in Hannah mm-hmm. for in case 
Quinn Turkin weren't ready, but they were. And then all of a sudden you make this great claim of Yost, and then all of a sudden you don't need Hannah Strohs anymore. He's expendable. Mm-hmm. Like, my whole thought process of when they signed Comrie and that they were going to bring back Anderson would be, like, they should add another dude who's a legit guy, and then all of a sudden if UPL becomes someone, you just, you know, Anderson just retires or something. You know, or, like, yeah. know, right. or something Com- like yeah. that. And then all of a sudden you have someone, I mean, goalie A, Comrie, UPL, instead of having, I mean, a guy that plays – once a week, once every two weeks. I I just don't understand how that I don't understand how that gonna do you any good because you just saw it, like he played terrible this week yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When's he gonna get back in the lineup? Two weeks? Like I, yeah. I don't know how any like goalies I, I feel like I mean I'm I'm just talking about a guy that's never played the goalie position in his entire life, but I feel like it's a lot like a like a like a starting pitcher or a relief pitcher. Like you need to get working, you know, you need to get game experience or you gotta stay fresh. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna start losing the fastball. Like you gotta um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to agree. Carter Harden not be able to see the puck anymore and have to have eye surgery, but come on now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it's tough because it's just like, he is, he's older. He's 41 years old. Um, he has decent games, but you're absolutely right in the fact that he's going soft. Right. And he's going to, without, without warming back up, like you're not, you're just going to continue to fall off the plateau, you know, like you're not going to catch yourself and get back up. So no, we haven't had that true goaltender since Ryan Miller. Maybe, maybe he'll strap up the pads for his game. Oh my God, he, he's got I mean, gray hair now. He looks old. I don't know. I mean, Anderson's doing it at forty-one. So then again, you know, well, doing it quote in quotes, I should say. But I don't know. I just the goalie situation is just all messed up, and especially mm-hmm. in the future, and like the forward situation is just like, why can't I just? Don't, it's like a, like a football team having a mindset offensively. And then just having a completely different mindset rebuilding your like your defense of your team. Like mm-hmm. offensively, they did a phenomenal job. Like they found all these young guys who are now all coming up together and all good now and are gonna be good. And then you have reinforcements on the way. And then you look at defensively, it's like, okay, all three of your like your top your top dudes are already good now. But then you're playing three dudes that pretty much aren't, and you don't have any reinforcements coming in off your prospect pool. Yeah, goaltender. It's a little bit different. Where like you have maybe one guy now that could be good, and you have a maybe a potential son in the future, but you don't have anyone. I mean, it's not really guaranteed. It's a question mark. And listen, I guess that's why we've been continuing saying they're a year away. But I feel like it's a disservice to the the rest of the team that this team just isn't good enough right now because of certain moves that that just too conservative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, we we just. If we go out and get it, we have the money. The Sabres have the money to go out and get a goaltender. That is not an issue. We're not going to hit the cap floor or anything like that. You don't got to sign someone to like a seven-year deal or, you know, a massive deal. You can give them like a three-year, two, three-year deal. Just until you get Levi out of the way and bring him in. Just going to have like, what, four years left in nine million? Like in four years, you're going to get a huge credit card, like a a tax. And the cap's going to shoot up in four Mm -hmm. years. Yeah. So. No, you've got you've got plenty of money to be going out and getting a goalie. That's mm-hmm. more than just okay or mid, as Mike would say. I, I'll you know? here, here, here. I'll present you something. Okay. Oh gosh. So present. You look at Carolina, how they have Anderson, Kachakov, Ranta, mm-hmm. and then there's rumored that like they want to get rid of Ranta. Like, would you, as a Sabre, pursue Antti Ranta? Like, do you think he's an improvement over? Like a Comrie Anderson and his better mentor for Lukanen and possible Levi. I'm gonna leave that yeah. broad NHL answer to. I mean, to he's Dom a guy that, he, but he's a guy that's played in the playoffs. Like I think he played in that last playoff series 
for against Boston, didn't he? Because didn't no, maybe mm-hmm. he didn't. Cause I can't remember if him or Anderson. I think hurt, he. But... I think they both got hurt actually at some point. Yeah, That's I, thought they, I thought they did. But either way, no, but he's a guy that has playoff experience, and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's an improvement over those guys. Like to me, the Sabers, the Sabers, the last couple of seasons have not done this. I know they did this with Ben Bishop, but they haven't really weaponized their cap space as much. They need to like. I think yeah, they should get better than the trade deadline, but they also like. I'm just being like a third party in a bunch of these. Like uh, I saw like the stat where like a third of the league has no cap space and like 20 teams have people on LTIR that need to have people on LTIR or they like look at the Oilers. The Oilers got Vander Keen back, but they had to put Kyler Yamamoto on IR and like LTIR because if he wasn't, they'd be over the cap. Yeah. Like the Sabres could like, I don't know, take, Jesse Pulviardi or 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 someone like that you could just get someone basically for free by just taking a cap dump and what's that gonna hurt you? Would yeah. you take okay. like a a terrible contract? Say like Sergey Bobrovsky. See, Absolute I don't think terrible I, I don't contract. See, I don't but, think I would take a terrible like I would. I don't think I would take a terrible. But do contract. you think you get value from him as a mentor because he's one of Vezina, He's won two Vezinas, I think. He did. Yep. You did. Yep. He did one. So and you know they had some playoff runs and um. Columbus, and then last year a really good season in Florida. Um, like, do you think minus the cap hit, someone like him, you could probably get him cheap because Florida's gonna want to dump that salary. Yeah, I think. Well, eh, it would matter to me because, like, I'm I'm a big Ralco Gudis fan. No oh god, right, <laughs> Yeah, see, this is the Christian Wilkins back. So, like, oh, if we could get him and Bobrovsky, I would probably do it. I hated him in but- Philly. That's what I'm saying though. He's like the perfect. He's a perfect defensive for power. Defensive hits a lot. Like he's yeah, actually true. Good. Like hits a lot. That's actually good. Not still It's true. Yeah. Yeah. But like I think you'd have to add something and retain salary for me to be interested, just because that contract is so bad. But like that's what I'm mm-hmm. saying though. That's like four years. Like I don't know. I, I I don't know if they should be in the market for dudes that are. I think they should be in the market for guys that are making like for their perspective teams making too much money for their role. Mm-hmm. Like Priarvi, I think is making like four, three million dollars a year, mm-hmm. and he's a top twenty defensive forward in the league, but he's not very good offensively. But yeah. like a team like the Sabers could use him because maybe in the Sabers offensive system he produces a little bit more offensively, and he's still, you know, that kind of guy so, defensively that we thought. Someone, yeah. someone that stood out to me when they were put on waivers. I know he's you know been like in the. NHL's um like I, I don't know if it was substance abuse or he's been in the thing, but when Jakob Vrana was thrown on waivers, I mean that man was a legit top six forward in Detroit. Look at and that like, one guy from Seattle now. What's his name? Tolvin or whatever? Yeah, I like Tolvin. Yeah. From Nashville. They now. threw him on waivers. Like I feel like this year there's been a lot of guys put on waivers. Well, it's and, tough to trade. I mean, like Yeah, no, you're right. But, mm-hmm. But like, the problem if everyone have no one have like there's four teams that legitimately have cap space. One of them is the Sabres. I feel like the Sabres yeah. could also take advantage <laughs> of waivers because there's been good players put on waivers. And yeah, we claim Jost and Jost has made a really good impact. But like earlier in the year, Mike Riley was thrown on waivers in Boston. Um, just there's been a lot of good players on waivers. And I think as a team with a lot of cap space and really a lot of question marks at some positions, like might as well take advantage of that free player. That's a, I mean, listen, man. Freak. I mean, the Sabres don't seem to want to give up a lot of assets, but if they could help a team, and, and just we get help as well, and we get an asset back, that's what I'm saying. Like, 
PRV or going off waivers. Like, I don't know. I feel I feel like that would be a wise a wise decision. But yeah, show before, me the money. Before, before we go back on the predictions thing, I I did have obviously it's Ryan Miller night tomorrow, so mm-hmm. I had to ask. Two, Hold out. I, I have one question related to that. Another question, but what, what do you think it was deserved? Because I I mean I was talking. Number retired. Tell you his number retired. Yeah, some people say it shouldn't. Which I think is preposterous, but I think he definitely should yeah, be should be I mean, retired. Most, I mean, I think if anyone asks anyone like who has the most wins in Sabres history, I think the first answer is Hashik, but it's wrong. Like he does. He's yeah, arguably I, a top I have five his bobblehead sitting on a shelf right now. Yeah, I mean he had one of the greatest seasons of any NHL. That Sabres team was ever. not very good when he won a Vesna. No. Yeah. and they should have. I mean, and like they should have won a cup when he was their goaltender. So like oh, six. I like the little growl there. Should <laughs> I'm just saying, like I'm just saying, like he was, he, like he was like that the team should have won a Stanley Cup. They had an NHL defense, and then oh, Darcy, let's blow it up. Yeah, no, I I agree. I, there's no reason, there's no argument that he shouldn't have his number retired. That that makes no sense. But I mean, I just think like statistically and how he was the backstop for two of the best teams in Sabres history, the team that lost in Game Seven, the carried Bill, a terrible Sabres of, team. Yeah, and was carrying like the 2010 Sabres a little bit. No. It just shows and you the look, power a good goalie and, could have. And a he, he was so respectful for the Sabers that when he got traded to St. Louis, he sucked for them to help help them get a better draft pick. I mean, what an ultimate hero! Look at that! Look at that! My second question is: So Matt Boldy got a seven by seven contract uh, for mm-hmm. the Wild. Um, I can't remember. Is he the? Uh, now I gotta look it up because I'm gonna be wrong. He's is he's he was Cousins' draft, wasn't he? He was 19, yeah. Yeah, because he was another guy that was debated at like seven with Caulfield, Zegras. Mm-hmm. Do you think I think Cousins is going to get more? But do you think, think the number now? I think it's comparable. I don't know. I think I he probably like will Cousins get more. Get a little more. Mm-hmm. I think he will probably get maybe seven and a half. I don't think it'll be a huge difference, but Cousins will be on the higher side. I think that's in negotiations something he's going to use in comparison. Yeah, I think it's a good comparable because my thought process is this: I think Matt Boldy's been. Like better for a longer period of time. Like Matt Boldy last year was really good, and this year he's been pretty good. He's not been as good, but mm-hmm. Cousins has been better than this year. But Cousins also was pretty was all right last year. Now he just took this huge jump. I do wonder like how much like like Tage making seven point one, you know, is really gonna do. Like I feel like the Sabers have done a fantastic job normally of in the Adams era of always being ahead of this, you know, like. They already signed Samuelson. Tage got signed before what Norris got eight by eight or whatever, and all mm-hmm. those guys got eight million. They signed Thompson for like. I feel like it might be time for them to do it before like Zegers's number gets announced or Caulfield's number gets announced. Yeah, so at that point you're just going to raise his val- raise Cousins up. I, you know, Cousins is probably going to become like any Malkin, where he's probably the second best center on the team, but he probably makes the most money. Like. That's probably mm-hmm. what's going to happen, but no, I, I I think it's a comparable contract. I think he's going to get a little bit more than that, but yeah, no, I I, I would agree. I think he's on the higher side of it because he has taken a huge jump for sure since yeah. last season. But it's encouraging, yeah, it is it is encouraging. So for the future, our, so our predictions last week were brutal. I'm just not even going to talk about them. For some reason I don't even. We all want to. Some reason the goal leader this year, this this year, God, this week, <laughs> imagine. Olsen were three, and then multiple people I think had four points, but I just saw Olsen had four points. I just, I just, you know, decided to put his name. You know, we haven't, 
you know, give him some credit for the week he had. So he had three goals, four points total. What are our predictions for this week? Uh, oh, I should probably, I should probably, you know what? It would probably be smart of, of myself to look at the schedule before I say. <laughs> so they play Thursday against the Islanders, which is a big game because the Islanders are still in the wild card position. Mm-hmm. Saturday against the Ducks, who are terrible at home. So they expect them to maybe win that one. And then Monday, they play in Dallas. And Tuesday, they play in St. Louis. So four games. Last two are pretty tough. First I'll say, game. I think Second two and two. Game. Yeah, I that think they go that. two one and one. I think there's an there's an OT that happens. So I, I'm saying I, two one and one. I would agree with that. Dang. Now you know what? Now I'm gonna go three and one. Just because I I think they're gonna win this Ducks game, and I think they have to win Ryan Miller night for for the lad. Yeah. So I, I think they're gonna at least hopefully split the the two Western Midwestern teams. Yeah. Yeah. All so, right. So who are the point leaders? Joe, we'll start with you, big guy. Who who, who leads the squad in points and goals for the four All right. Game? So I think um, I'm going to I'm going to stick with what I said, even though it was really far off this past week. I think Tuck and Darlene, even with his 10 minute major or whatever. Uh, that was ridiculous. By that, the was way. Weak. that was <laughs> weak. Yeah, I weak. saw that and I was like. As I was like in and off watching the game a little bit, and I was like, "Oh my god, he must have like hit someone, and like they must have got like it, it, it was not warranted for ten minutes." Yeah, it was like, ridiculous. It was like, same thing with like Cousins got penalized more than Kachuk in the Panthers game off like a scrum. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it just so you, you, you know, got Tuck and Darlene, sir. I'm sticking with it. Yeah, Tuck and Darlene. Michael. I'm gonna go on a limb here. Oh, I think Jack Quinn's gonna get hot. Okay, he's gonna get. He's gonna lead team in goals. So the Lost Boys line comes back. Is that what's going on? And I think Cousins leads in points. Oh man, that's what's going on. The kids line's gonna be good. Hmm. The Peter Pants line. I will go Skinner and Power. I think Power is a breakout week. All right, I like it. I can't put Power down. Honestly, that's more out of a limb than Jack Quinn leading in goals. Mm-hmm. Power leading in points, yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. for him, for him being such a good puck mover and all that, for him to have like 13 points and no goals is kind of remarkable. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you know what? He, I hope he breaks out. I hope he you breaks know what, out. You know what? Own power is own power is like that really good rookie his first like basketball season that like really good defense, like you know does everything right offensively, but just can't shoot the three ball. Mm-hmm. This off season, he's gonna have to get himself on the ice and learn how to shoot the puck and all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, absolutely, I agree with you. I, I think those are all decent predictions. No one picked Olafson going for both. I can't believe that that even happened personally. Casey but... Middlestad will have at least two secondary assists this week. All right, all right, we'll keep that on the record as well. That's probably that's honestly that's probably minus odds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the past couple weeks definitely. But that's gonna do it for our Sabers topic. And before we get into Would You Rather, there's a little tidbit in here. Little, little something different on the outline for this week. A miniature rundown to reintroduce the Bandits and the Amherst. Holy cow, it's been a while. The Bandits, they won at home against Georgia, 11-9, and they're currently 4-1 on the year and are on a four-game winning streak. Would you look at that? Look at that. The Bandits are cooking like they were last year. And then the Amherst. The Amherst, 19-12 for two for 40 points in 33 games, and they are currently in playoff position. 
Solid, solid, solid. We'll have more in depth of a rundown coming up, but little little teaser to get you back in the mix of it, you know, all you all you all you listeners out there. But without further ado, it's it's your would you rather, Dom. So take us away. All right. So I mean Mike probably knows, but the nineteen ninety eight Olympics were famous because Dominic Hashik won the check uh the gold because they won the yeah, shootout against He won Canada. the gold. Mm-hmm. Okay. Listen, <laughs> he carried. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He won the gold. I know. So my thought process is this. Shootout, your life's on the line. Would you rather have an elite goaltender but mid-shooters like or would you rather have really good shooters but an average goaltender? Oh, God. So, like... All right. It's a little so, okay, it's a little bit like the 1998 Olympics, but like obviously the Canada I think had Brodeur, so that's a little bit like that's too far. Like he's okay. Good. So like we'll say, like Hashik's your goaltender, and like an average player. So like, like middle stat, middle, you have three Casey middle, middle stat, stat. You have three Casey middle, middle stat, stat shooting on like Hashik or like Dotsuk shooting on. No 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 no. no. Uh, okay, so like it would be Casey middle stat shooting on like the average goaltender. Yeah. Oh, know, we like have Hashik and Arnett. You mean, you mean like you have? It's kind of like you have a good, great defense oh. player offense. Okay, so the average player mm-hmm. shooting on the average goalie and the elite player shooting on the elite goalie. So would you rather have the elite goalie? Oh, and average players? No, oh. no, the shooter. Because look yeah. at like Datsuk. Pavel Datsuk was insane in the shootout. I'd rather it was, take. It was a cheat code. Yeah, the elite shooters because they'd make every shot. Well, I mean, like they make and the, even the, the best if, shootout, the best shootout people like make three out of like every eight. It's like it's like baseball; they only go like three out of ten. Right, but the other teams got They're an like average. Oshie in the Olympics in fourteen. That's true. I mean, but Middlestad was pretty good in shootouts. Yes, yeah, so I mean, I, I feel like my I feel like the answer would change if I said Robin Leonard was the goalie on the other side. Robin Leonard, I don't think made a single save in the shootout in his tenure with Sabers. That's what I'm saying. I I don't know. I th- I think I would take I think I would take the elite goalie because I think. I think shootouts are kind of a crapshoot, mm-hmm. but like having an elite dude in the back, you know, I, I just feel like any like the average NHL player I think can score against an like an average goalie. I think it's hard for anyone to score against an elite. I think it's harder to score against an elite goaltender than it is an mm-hmm. average. Goalie. Yeah, yeah I don't know. no, no, I agree. But I th- I'm gonna stick with the shooter. Yeah, I'm, I'd rather I, have yeah. the elite shooters. Casey Mills had probably like hit the post and then hit hit the hit the goalie in the back and then score. So it's kind of like a secondary goal, but I think he'd, get goal. Done. he'd figure out a way to get a secondary goal. Yeah, he'd be the one to do that. That's for sure. He loves the secondary assists. Oh man! All right, well, Dom, like the would you rather? It was a good one. Life on the line that added some gravity to it. Like it, like it. No, I was, Mike, I was, I was gonna pull a Max Kellerman and be like, Martians are shooting. Oh like I want Iguodala. I but... want Iguodala. Yeah. Max Kellerman. Oh God. I can't. Okay. Max Kellerman. All right. All right. Mike, us trivia, trivia. They're kind of all the same question, just three different uh, facets of it. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. I like a three part so, question. So the first question regards the Bills. Um, how many playoff appearances do we have, and what is our record in said playoff? Counting Super Bowls, like just postseason appearances or just playoff games? Like how many? Yeah, how many playoff games, including this week, last week? It's a record. Seven, eight. Counting on fingers. Hang on. 
12, 13, 14, 15. I would say they've made 16 playoff appearances. I, I'm going to say 19. No, I meant like games. Oh, I, how many games? I, I phrased that. Oh. No, I phrased that bad. Sorry. So they probably played 16 years. Well, they're four, they're four and four in the McDermott era, so they've played eight. Their Super Bowl era. Oh, man, Super Bowl era, crap. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. They played 12 before the Super Bowls. And after the Super Bowls, 12. Oh, my God. This is actually a hard question. Uh, 18, 17, 18, 19. 25. Probably another 12. I'm going to say they've played 31 games, and they are... Nine, they're 17 and 14, 31 games. Okay. Joe, you said 25 games? Yeah. Any record yeah. prediction? Um, I'm thinking. Oh, God, I didn't get it. Um, No. No, I didn't get it. I know I did it. I'm, I don't even know. Uh, I'm let's just say, let's say f- 19 and 6. I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. If they're 19 and 6 in the playoffs. I'd hope they'd have at least. A few Super Bowl rings. Yeah, yeah I was gonna yeah. say well, they are in thirty-seven playoff games, eighteen Ooh. and nineteen, just below five hundred. Seventeen and fourteen. Darn. Okay. Hmm. Does that count right. AFL? Yes. Ah, mm. that was even. I was probably would have been off. So now the Sabers part. This is oh. why I asked it for the Bills. The Sabers one was. How many times have they made the playoffs? Oh God! In their fifty-two seasons. So how many seasons have they made the playoffs out of fifty-two? How many times have they made the playoffs? Well, what they're on a level. Is it is it fifty-two counting? It's fifty-two counting this year, right? Or is this the fifty-third season? This is their fifty-third season. This is their fifty-third season. So it's what? Well, 40- they haven't made the playoffs this season yet, so they haven't. Because it's that's still true. Going so forty-one on. years. Okay, I think about the first forty-one years because I know, like, basically twelve years they didn't make the playoffs. I know that they were really good to make the playoffs. I think they've made the playoffs in in those years. I think they made the playoffs twenty-six times. I'm. <sighs> Pardon my language. I let, I always get there. I'm gonna have to edit that out. Bleep. Um. What, what did he say? I I huffed. I was huffing and puffing, and I dropped the f bomb. <laughs> just, you know, I'm thinking, chugging, smoke coming out of the ears. I'll say, I'll say, 38 times. Okay. In their 52 seasons, they've made the playoffs 29 times. Ah, I see. I zero championships. Over, I should have went over 50. percent I knew. I so like. I knew. Like, obviously, they haven't made the playoffs in 12 years. So I knew. Like, they, 40, no, no, no. They they were on a sick stretch from 19 in the 70 from 1975 to 1985. They made the playoffs every year. And from 88 to 95, they made the playoffs every year. Yeah. They're on some serious stretches there. I mean, like, I knew, like, their first 41 years, they made it about at least two-thirds of the time. So We're just really bad now. It's still kind of remarkable that that number is above 50% if you look at it, though. And that mm-hmm. just shows you how good they were before, th- before this crap shoot. They were yeah. a consistent team. And then last question, NFL playoffs. Which team... Has the most playoff games played? Green Bay. 
Are we talking about the Super Bowl era or all all like what do you mean like is it is this a Super Bowl era or yeah. all time? No Super Bowl era. Ah oh, man. Yeah, not like back to the twenties. Oh oh. Thirties Super Bowl era. Hmm. I'm gonna go Dallas. I'm trying to think back to all those Super Bowls. Craig Morton Super Bowl that was against Dallas. I feel like Dallas. Is a I'm gonna hop bad. on Dallas with you, Dom. I mean. If it's it is Dallas. They have 65 games. Two more than the Pittsburgh Steelers, which would have been my guess. Yeah. I, w- I was thinking about guessing Pittsburgh, but I don't know. I, I had a, a single. Got a, I got a Craig Morton signed jersey. I remember that he was in a Super Bowl. With <laughs> Anyone Dallas want to guess who has the least amount of playoff games? The Bonus question. Amount? See, I feel like it's a trick question, and it's Houston. It is Houston, the newest team. At 10. <laughs> Because it was, I, I was very hesitant to almost say Detroit, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" Detroit's no. at fifth worst. Just Arizona Cardinals is at the third worst, which is kind of sad because they were in. They've St. been allowed the whole time, haven't they? They've been around a long time. St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, Jacksonville has to be up there. I mean, Jacksonville's only at fifteen. Uh, Carolina's at seventeen. I forgot about Carolina. It's technically Tampa Bal- Bay, who only has twenty-two playoff games, yet they have two Super Bowls. Does Baltimore technically count? Like Baltimore would probably consider like their Col- the Colts their franchise as well, I guess. No, Colts would be the Indy Colts. Oh, that, does that count for the Indy? Oh, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I know the Ravens, Ravens would probably be the Ravens because I don't think they associate themselves with the Browns. That's because the Browns moved. Mm-hmm. The Browns moved to Baltimore and then the Browns came back, but I think the Browns now associate themselves with the old Browns instead of the Ravens associating themselves with the Browns. Look at but the, the Indy Colts, NFL. I think, associate themselves with the Baltimore Colts. No, yes. that's how it makes sense. Look at this NFL history. Yeah. Not much. I mean, they did move <laughs> in the middle of the night. Those Mayflower trucks. It was. Yeah. I saw the documentary on that. That was very intriguing. Good job, but... say. Yeah. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this edition of the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly. I was joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. And Dom, how do you always end these, buddy? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills. Go Seabirds. <laughs>